Okay, well, I think the, where we left, you ready for Bible study? I forgot to ask. Is everybody ready? I assume that's why you're here. Okay. All right, last week I think we left off with Jacob. And uh, Jacob, you know, is roughly 90-year-old man, wrestle with an angel or, or the Lord, an angelic being or the Lord. I'm not really sure which. But either way, pretty bold. He wrestled all night long, and he said, I will not let you go till you bless me. And so Jacob exhibited all the, many, many, many years ago, before there was Word of Faith teaching, before there was the New Testament, before all that, Jacob learned faith. He learned how to persistently hold on for faith and for the blessing of the Lord. He wouldn't let the blessing go. He wouldn't let the blessing go. And uh, I think sometimes the devil really likes it when we just act like there is no blessing, you know, or we just act like, well, it can't be for me. Uh, Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too young. Maybe I did bad stuff, and, you know. But Jacob made some mistakes. He was not perfect. You know he wasn't. But God changed his name. He changed it from Jacob to Israel. And he became uh, a father of, of, uh, matter of fact, I was in a restaurant today that had the tribes of Israel uh, around the the room. And uh, so, anyway, his sons inherited the promised land. Praise the Lord. So, now, tonight what I want to talk about is... uh, is not, not exactly a continuation of that story. But I want to go into the New Testament now, and I want to talk about something I would call last day's faith or aggressive faith. In other words, for today, to live in today's world, we don't just need average faith. We need last day's faith. We need aggressive faith because the adversity we face is aggressive against us. The problems we face are aggressive against us. And so, I wanted to start off with uh, John chapter 11. And so we're going to start off with one of the most powerful miracles Jesus ever did. And I have a whole chapter, 11, it's pretty much dedicated to one miracle. So let's just start off with verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. So there were two sisters, Mary and Martha. Okay? And it was that Bethany, I mean, let's see, Mary anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So Jesus had a personal relationship with this family and, and loved this man. And she's saying, he who you loved is sick. In verse 4, when Jesus heard that, in other words, he, heard the me- he got the message. He said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, let's just pause right there. There's a reason he said this sickness is not unto death. Because there is such a thing as a sickness unto death. Okay, are we all adult here? Okay, we realize people don't just live forever, they do die. Okay, so there is, there is a parting in this life. It's sad. It makes us grieve. It hurts, all those kind of things. But this one was not one of those. And he had a revelation of that. 
that this was not a sickness unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Okay, so now, uh, let me go on down here. Uh, Okay. Let's skip, I'm I'm just going to skip on down to verse 14. Okay. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Well, basically what he did was he he waited two more days. And then uh, he said in verse 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Now that's unusual. He's glad that he wasn't there. (laughs) And so in verse 16, Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go, also go, that we may die with him. Well, he's, <clears throat> he's talking about, yeah, I guess he's thinking about uh, Jesus. Okay, so then verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So he's been, he's passed away four days ago. Okay, now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Have you ever said anything like that? Have you ever thought anything like that? If this hadn't happened, then that wouldn't have happened. Okay, so that's what that is. Now, let me, let's ask this question. Is that thinking past or present or future? Now, he died four days ago, right? Past, present, or few. What's past, isn't it? Monica says past. It's, she's thinking of the past. If we could go back, if we could roll time back four days ago, and Jesus would have been there then, he would have healed him. Because they watched Jesus heal everybody. Everybody got healed, you know. Okay. So, uh, that's what she said, what Martha said in verse 21. Now, verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Uh Uh-oh, there is a statement of faith on her part, you know. So, now verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Then verse 24, Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in, at the last day. Okay, at the last day. Okay, now, is she past, present, or future with that? Definitely future, right? That's out in the future. So, we all have this hope of a resurrection. So, she... She, first she goes to the past, said, well, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if you would have been here, you know, if we would just got to the doctor in time, you know, okay, then you roll, well, that didn't work, so now let's roll forward to the future. Well, we're going to see Jesus someday. We're going to go to heaven. We're going to be resurrected, you know. So she's saying that, uh, that we'll be resurrected on the last day. She thought Jesus was talking about that. But Jesus was not talking about that. 
Jesus was talking about now. Right now. He was talking about faith. Right now faith. Right now miracle. Right now. And that's the place where the pain is. The pain is there right now. The grieving, the loss. It's a place we'd rather not even be. We wish we weren't even at the right now because it's painful to her. See, she's, she's had a great loss here. Okay. So then verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Wow, what a statement. I am. When he said I am, you remember God gave us his name back in Exodus. He gave Moses that name, I am. That's powerful. He said, I am. When, when he says I am, he is saying I am right now. I was, I am, and I will be. All the way through. This is Jesus. And then he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, there's, there's a part of me that wants to grieve over things that have hurt in the past. And all of you have been through things, right? So you can always go there, okay? There's a part of me that wants to look at the future and say, Jesus is going to come someday, you know, or my time will come, I'll join the heavenlies, you know. But today is now. And now... Jesus is, I am, and now he is a resurrection, and now he is the life. And, and I want to I put it this way. Here's the phrase I want to put it. The I am is the life that satisfies because he dwells in me. Okay? I am is the life that satisfies because he dwells in me. Jesus dwells in me right now. No matter what happened or what's going to happen, Jesus is in me and with me right now. And he is my satisfaction. Does that make sense? Okay. Say that with me. Let me see if I can get it right. I am the life that satisfies... Would you say that? Because he dwells in me. Right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the point I'm trying to make here, he is a right now God with right now faith to meet your right now need and address your pain, address your hurt right now. Now, not that you're not going to have to go through some things, but he's there going through those things with you. You know, you can curl up in a ball, walk away, do whatever, you know, want to fly away. 
I watch these birds, you know, just any average bird. It doesn't have to be a special bird. But a bird can just be sitting on a limb, and then they say, oh, I'm going to go over there. And they go, just like a bullet. They go. They don't stop at stop signs or back up with traffic. They just go where they want to go. They're free. You know, I think, man, wouldn't that be awesome? What do you think heaven's going to be like? I have no idea what heaven's going to be like. I just can't even, you know, but it's, I guarantee you, there's no traffic jams in heaven, no lights out, you know, none of that. We, God's, God's plan for us is to go where he wants us to go and do what he wants us to do. Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. And he is a right now God with a right now calling and a right now gift for you. This is, this is not really between me and somebody else. This is between me and God. You know, who did Jacob wrestle with? You know, remember Jake, you remember what he did? This is kind of wimpy, kind of funny. But you remember how he put his wives and children out and sent them on? Then he had one company going on to try to maybe appease Esau, you know. And then he separated, and then he sent another one on, and then he stayed back. And now it's just him. And that's when God came and revealed himself to him. That's when he wrestled with, it, with God, and he prevailed. Praise the Lord. And so we have, to, we have to address the issue of the busyness of life and the cares of life coming in and all the things and going over here and doing this and doing that. That's, somebody told me uh, this week, it's about an individual that, that I'm acquainted with, um, worked for one of the big oil companies, and they retired. Okay? And uh, somebody said, well, what are they doing? Or where, you know, you think they'd want to go to work again? Or what, what do you think they're doing? I said, oh, no, no, no. They got plans. They got plans. They're, they're moving to Arizona. They both love golf. And they're going to play golf. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that must be one super duper game. I mean, that's <laughs> got to be, you know, if you're going to, if, if your whole life is that, and, and I, you know, nothing wrong with golf, okay? <laughs> nothing wrong with golf. It's just that to pick up, move, and say, I don't do anything I used to do, you know, so you've got to be committed to that, see? Well, I can't, I can't do that. Well, I can't even hit a golf ball, for one thing. But, uh, but to me, I heard that, and I thought, that sounded like the saddest news I've ever heard because there are so many things God has for people to do. He has so much for us to do. So we don't want to get, we don't want to get into this thing of... of this is going to be my satisfaction. Or this over here is going to satisfy me. Because if something else does, it's just going to be for a little while. So we need to stay attached to the, to the Lord. Okay. Okay, so he said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So he asked her. He asked Martha if she believed. And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Man, she's a woman of faith, isn't she? I like that. Okay. And when she said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher's come and is calling for you. Well, I think Mary was in the house or she was away. Okay. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, here we go again. But see, Mary, she's got to work through this. Every person has to work through this. You know, she's going back to the past again. Okay? Uh, so, uh, now verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Now that word groaning has several meanings. But one of the meanings is it is a indignant, a weeping because of indignance, Angry at injustice. It was a, and I believe that's probably one of the one of the the things that made Jesus weep. I don't think he was weeping. That's just me. Now, everybody has a little different opinion about this, but I think he was, I think he was groaning in the Holy Ghost, and I think there was a righteous indignation rose up, and something rose up in him that said. This is not right. All these people weeping and all these people hurting, this is not right. And he began to groan in his, in his spirit. Okay. Okay, so uh, then verse 37. And some of, them, some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying. Well, here we go again. We're going back to the past again. We say, well, if he'd just been there, couldn't he have healed him? You know, in verse 38, then Jesus again groaning in himself. Now that's twice he did this groaning. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, uh, sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Now this this is a wonderful prayer. Listen to this. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
past tense. He's already prayed through this thing. I mean, he knew, he knew four days ago what he was going to do. He knew four days ago this was not a sickness unto death. But nobody else knew that, you know. Okay. So he's already prayed. and He said, I thank you that you've heard me. Verse 42. And I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by. I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So he's referring to the people around him. Okay. And then he said, and then now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Praise the Lord. Loose him and let him go. I think about uh, Luke 4, 18 says, that he set at liberty those who were oppressed. He came to set at liberty. He came to set us free. Jesus wants to set us free. Okay? Now, if he can heal somebody, and, and you know, he could heal people all the time, but he was led of the Holy Ghost. And he didn't always do everything that every man wanted him to do. You know that? I mean, he didn't do, every, do everything just the way everybody wanted him to. Uh, but when he was led of the Holy Ghost to pray for somebody, to ask for something from his father, he got it. I mean, he had a relationship with his father. And he explained in other passages that he would say what he heard his father say. And he would do what he saw his father do. And that's the way we should be. Okay, so I'm not just trying to tell you a story tonight. Because I want you to get this. This is stuff, stuff we have to do. And I don't mean we're going to go raise people from the dead tonight. Okay, but I am saying that we have to operate like this. We have to be so connected to God that we're not dragging in everything else from the world and dragging in all the cares in the world and just taking our time and just running here and there. We have to settle down and seek the Lord and see what he's doing and hear what he's saying so we'll know what to do. You see that? Because you can't just go out there and just do something, you know. And, uh, but praise the Lord. So, uh, I I have an example. Okay. All right, so now let me give you some some kind of faith uh, principles, some faith scriptures, okay. Uh, and if you want to turn with me, you can. I'm going to move pretty quick, quick through here. But Okay. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God, for whatever is born of God, well, that would be me, right? 
would be you. Are we, are we born of God? For whatever is born of God overcomes. Okay, we're going to overcome what? Tests and trials. Okay. It overcomes the world. And that includes the world system, the whole system of laws and all kinds of things. Okay. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So I want to talk to you about faith because there's so much in the Bible on faith. And uh, you can see that in this story that I just read, Jesus obviously had great faith, great faith. I mean, he had total confidence in his father and in the relationship that he had with his father. If you, if you want to look at it more of, I'm in covenant with God, and that helps you have confidence, then that's, you've got a covenant. That's important, okay? Abraham had a covenant. Isaac had a covenant. Jacob had a, had a covenant. We have a covenant. Galatians 3.13, Jesus bridged the gap and brought the Gentile nation into, the Gentile world into that covenant. We have the same blessings Abraham had. God would bless Abraham. He would take care of every need. He would bless him financially. He would bless him in his health. And, and, and Isaac saw that, and he walked in it. And Jacob saw that, and he walked in it. But that was a long time ago. Long time ago. And we're New Testament. We are last of last days Christians and and. We're facing things today that even those guys didn't have to face. I mean, wiles of the devil. I mean, we're facing some real, real dangerous times. And uh, so we need to be strong in our faith. So one of the things uh, we need to do in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay. Who was that first said that? Habakkuk? Chapter 2, okay? okay? We walk by faith, not by sight. So that's one of the faith principles, okay? Now in Romans 3.27, okay, in Romans 3.27, it refers to faith as a law. It says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith, Okay? All right, now let's go to Roman, in Romans 12, 3. It says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith, okay? So all of us are given faith. It's a gift. We have it, okay? Now, in uh, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why, you, that's why you're here tonight, right? Okay. All right. So, you're, you're doing the right thing. I mean, you know, last day's Christians, we have to gather together. Okay? We have to gather together. Uh, you know, uh, I was trying to think of the scripture... They that wait upon the Lord. I think it's Isaiah 40. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
they shall rise up with wings as eagles. Go ahead and say it. You got it. It's on the tip of your tongue, Ronnie. Uh, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wow. Okay. Now, they that wait upon the Lord. That word wait is more than just the word wait. Like hang around. Hold on. That word, I looked it up. It has to do with binding together and gathering together. We are gathering together tonight. You might say we are waiting on the Lord right now. Okay? We are binding together and gathering together. I mean, and Pastor Scott, he is, I can tell you, so excited about these home groups and new things he wants to do. And what is he trying to do? He's trying to get us to bind together. He's trying to get us to gather together so that, so that nobody's excluded, you know, so there's not somebody out there and they say, well, I just can't make it or whatever, you know. Well, pick a different night. Pick a different time. But bind us together. And I think in, in the last days, more and more, we need to come together. One thing about if you've had a hurt or a, a grief in your life or something, some kind of crisis has come and some kind of trauma, do not skip church. Don't skip church. Now, you're all, you're all churchgoers, right? So I don't know why I'm preaching that, but maybe somebody you know needs to hear that. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. Hebrews 11. I want to go to Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? Believe that he is. Okay. So, we live this life, this walk of faith. We must believe that he is. So we are the believers on the earth. And we walk by believing. And we walk by speaking. So we are believing and speaking. So we walk out every day believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. And believing and speaking. You know, I know Christians, they don't, they don't speak much. They don't say much. They listen to a lot of news. They read a lot of doctor's reports. They're on the phone a lot. But they're not speaking the word of God. So we have to be the, the people that hear the word. You know, faith comes by hearing. And then we have to be the people that speak it. Speak it out loud. And let the word of God lead and guide your life. And not some tragedy you know, affect you, not some thing that the enemy tries to put on you. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to, you know, if we're going to come to God, Hebrews says we must believe that he is. Okay. Now, in, uh, <clears throat> I, want, I want to do this scripture too, because this is an interesting one. Luke 17, uh, verse 5, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, 
you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Praise the Lord. Now, what that means to me is that even a little bit of faith can do a mighty work. So we should never feel like, we should never feel like, oh, this is the steamroller running over me, and I don't have any power against it. You've got a little bit of faith. Use it. Use, in other words, <clears throat> use the faith you have. Whatever level you're on, use it. Okay, now, I think there are different levels of faith, and the reason I think that is because, let me just give you a few scriptures. Okay, Matthew 6.30. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Oh, he's talking about something called little faith. Okay. Then Matthew uh, 8.26. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So he, he expected his disciples to excel in faith. Okay? Matthew 14, 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? So there it is again. Okay? Then in Matthew 8, 10, when Jesus heard it, and he's talking about the centurion, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So now there he's talking about great faith. So I think there's enough evidence to see that there, there are different levels of faith. There are different kinds of faith. There are different levels of faith. Okay. So given that, what kind of faith do we need for today? I mean, for the world today, to live in this world, we're going to need some great faith, right? We're going to need some great faith. And I want to console you and I want to encourage you tonight that this room is full of great faith tonight. That's, that's why we prayed for Dave Padgington because we have gathered together. We have a combined faith tonight and it's, it's very powerful. I've talked to Bruce and Hildy a lot about upline the, the those that many of them have already gone to heaven, but they're great men and women of God that have lived in the past. Okay, I mean personally, I came from a small town, and maybe I told you this before. I don't know Galena, Kansas, and uh, a lady named Sister Mary Arthur was healed of an eye problem, and she started a church in her home. You might say she had a home group. Well, they got Brother Charles Parham. You may have heard of Charles Parham. And he came down there. And the home filled up. And they were out on the front porch. And then they were out in the grass outside because the home couldn't hold them all. And the first church in Galena was born there. Okay. So, uh, what has that got to do with me? Well, I've got a grandma on my mom's side that was baptized in the Holy Ghost under that ministry. I mean, those people, they, they didn't know anything about infilling the Holy Ghost. They didn't know anything about it, you know. But my grandma Gaskin went 
to Sister Mary Arthur, and she found out about it. And she prayed in the Holy Ghost. And then my mother prayed in the Holy Ghost. And I pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, there's, a, there's an anointing down through there. Yeah. And their relationships, even um, Joy's mother, is that right? Okay, there you go. See, I didn't make up that story. Yeah, see that? So there's an anointing coming through joy. See that? Anointing coming through me. There, uh, how about mom and dad Goodwin? Anointing coming through Pastor Monica and many of, many of the rest of you. And, uh, and then Bruce, uh, Victor Christian out of Tulsa. Billy Joe Doherty, who Billy Joe was a, was a great pastor there, developed the church. It was a tremendous church there in Tulsa area. And uh, Billy Joe was a man that <clears throat> uh, either late 80s or early 90s, he would go to Russia and minister and come back and preach. Every week he would go to Russia, come back and preach, go to Russia, come back and preach. And he did that for was it multiple years? Multi what kind of man are what kind of man is this? I mean, you know, that's hard. It's not easy to fly from Tulsa to Russia and back every week. You know. Well th this is a man of integrity. Now, if why did Billy Joe have to leave early? I don't know. I don't know. But I know this that God is a now God, faith is now, and God is here to work with me, and Bruce, I believe, has an anointing that comes down through the ministry of Billy Joe Doherty, and uh, I don't know, he may have even laid hands on you, I don't know, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. It's a man in heaven that laid hands on Bruce, tremendous man of God. Okay, now about what about Kenneth E. Hagan? Kenneth E. Hagan. And Hildy has an anointing from there. And and it just goes on and on. I mean we could we could name off names and, and if you connected all the people, you know, Brother Ron Smith and you connected everybody, you would see that there are literally thousands of people that have spoken into our lives and minister to us to help us with today. Amen. And if sometimes we forget about that, you know, we can forget, oh, they're, well, they're gone. I wish I were there. And they're looking down and say, just do what God called you to do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You'll be there soon. Just do what God called you to do. Okay. All right, so... All right, back to the word here then. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's go. I want to go Luke 18. And in Luke 18, verse 2. Uh, well, I'll start with, I guess it's verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to him. 
and it said that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Saying, there was a certain judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and, I sh and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Question mark. Is that what your Bible reads? Will he find faith on the earth? What's the answer to that question? Hildy says, if she's here. How about you? Will he find faith? Are we... Is there anyone here that is for some crazy reason just going to throw in the towel, so to speak? Just say, I quit. I can't do this anymore. Because this happened to me. I can't, you know. And because of the, the doctor's report. I got, a niece, I got a niece in Missouri. She just got a report from a doctor that didn't sound so good. And so... Uh, I'm talking to her on the phone, and and she's going to go back for some more tests. And I said, well, let's just believe her good report. Why not? Let's just believe her good report. And I got a little, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I could tell. It's when you're in the middle of a battle like that, and you're the one in pain, it can be hard. You're going to need some people around you to help. Yeah, you're going to hear some people around. But thank God for people who will say, <clears throat> when the Son of Man comes, if I'm on the planet, if I'm on the earth, I'm going to be walking in faith, I'm going to be believing, and I'm going to be speaking. And nobody's going to shut me up. Nothing or no one is going to shut me up or shut me down. Um, you can knock me down. You can run over me. I'll, my head will pop up and I'll say, have faith in God. Jesus is my, I am. He satisfies me because he dwells in me. Praise the Lord. He is my now God to deal with my now problems. Right now. Right now. And I, I like to just pray. I like to just ask God to do stuff right now. I don't know about you, but I like to do, do stuff right now. But sometimes, you're going to have to have the persistence of this nagging woman. Now, you remember what he says? He said, how much more would the Lord avenge his elect? You know, he's not going to make you, you know, pray a thousand times a day for a thousand years. You know, he's not going to wear you out trying to get something from God. Because you know what it says about faith. It says, 
who, who shall ascend to heaven and, you know, whatever. And then it says, uh, but the word is nigh thee, even on thy mouth and thy tongue. This is where your answer is. Your answer is here. Praise the Lord. Am I right? Praise the Lord. The world doesn't get this. They don't get this. Boy, I hope we get it. <laughs> if, we, if the world doesn't get it, and we don't get it, we're in trouble. <laughs> We've got to get that the word is in our mouth, that we can speak it, and it will happen. Even if you tried it, and it didn't happen. You, you just, you know, you just got to, you just got to be, you just got to be determined, you know. You got to like be like Bob Fink playing tennis. You got to be, you know, Lord, I'm glad I never play tennis with him. I mean, it's probably brutal. <laughs> he probably has to win every game, right, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, you cannot fake it in the last days. You cannot bluff your way through and fake faith. and You cannot just, just talk Christianese when you come to church and then go outside the church and we do the movie thing and we do, you know, I'm just saying, go to all the movies and listen to all the shows and listen to CNN 24 hours a day and, and you know, you can't, you can't build your faith letting Hollywood into your bedroom. You know, you can't build, you know, Hollywood, now I lived in California and I worked right next to Universal City, okay, and I used to walk, I used to, at lunch, I would go out and walk back and forth in front of Universal City where they had the gates and the people would go in and out. And I would pray in the Holy Ghost and I asked myself, why am I doing this? I, I don't even, I don't know. I, but I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. But I knew on the inside of that gate, in those big old warehouses, big old buildings where they make these movies, I knew there is a lot of nasty stuff going on, man. I mean, I'm not saying it's all nasty, but there's a high percentage, okay? And I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and then I would go up on the hill. There was a, there's a hill. I don't know if you've ever been to Universal Studios in California. It's right there at Lankersham and I think um, 405 or 101, but... Um, I would walk up on the hill and I could look through certain trees and I could overlook the San Fernando Valley. And I could kind of, I could, if I get in one place, I could see way over the valley. And he, I mean, I'm from Kansas. I don't even know what a valley is. See, what a valley is is like there's mountains and then down below the, the mountains is the valley. It's kind of like a flat place. But if you get up on the mountains, you can look down in the valley, see. But if you're in Kansas, you'll never, it'll never happen. But uh, anyway, I would get up there and pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, San Fernando Valley is the pornography machine of probably the world. It's, that's some bad stuff going on down there, you know. And so I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and I don't even know exactly who I was praying for or what I was praying for. 
I would get in the, uh, I just might as well tell you the whole story, you know. Uh, it was a member of my family that was in prison. And I had a burden about that. And I looked for a place to get alone with God, pray about it. And when you're up in a high-rise building, you know, with cubicles and people all around, and there's really not a private place, you know. So I would, I found if I went to the garage where they parked the car, there's a stairwell in the garage where you spiral up kind of the stairway, okay. I'd go up to the very top. There really wasn't anybody up there because nobody hardly parked on the top level, and even if they did, they didn't go up the stairs to the top of this. And it was just like a private little place. And I go up there and I pray. Pray. Okay. Well, God answered my prayer. You know, praise the Lord. But that's the type of thing that uh, I'm just trying to give you a little insight into my background and why I say what I do about, say, Hollywood or things like that. I'm not just trying to tear something down, you know. Because there's a lot of good things that Hollywood does, you know. And, uh, but, okay, so let me, let me give you this. Acts 19, 11. Now, this is, we're talking about Paul. And it says, Acts 19, 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord, Jesus, over those who had evil spirits. Okay? So this is some itinerant Jewish exorcists. It was some people who, I guess, practiced working with spirits and things. And they thought, oh, we understand this. So they decided to jump in and try to use the name of Jesus here. Okay. And says, and so they declared, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Man, the Jesus who Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva and Jewish, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Praise the Lord. So, the only reason I'm giving you that one is, is in the last days, there's going to be all kinds of spiritual things going on, okay? And it's a time when we can't fake it. We can't, we've got to be genuine. We've got to be real. I mean, either we know Jesus or we don't know Jesus. Either we're operating in the Holy Ghost or we're operating in the flesh, you know? So we can't have a gang around us or a group of people that endorse us, and as long as they're there, everything's fine, and, and put on a game, Play a game. We can't play a game. We've got to be genuine. We've got to be real. Amen? Okay. All right. Let me bring, uh, let me summarize this a little bit. Okay. Now, Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. 
Jesus answered them, says, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So, there's that believing and speaking. Okay, you see that? Now, verse 23 says you can have what you say. And verse 24 says you can have what you pray. Praise the Lord. All right, so let me give you a little summary here. Okay. Don't just deal with just the past and the future. But God, the great I am, is now. He's your now God. Okay. Your issue is not between you and someone else. It comes down to you and God. Jesus is the life that satisfies. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. Faith is required. It is a lifestyle of believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It does not matter what happened to you. Your calling and your gift is the same. God still expects you to operate in that. Okay? Do not let strife, fear, grief, lust, greed define your calling in life. If you take a stand against the enemy, God will back you and you will have victory all the time. And the last one, Jesus, let Jesus be your satisfaction in life. Praise the Lord.